0: Chapter 1 The Emergence of Michalis in Crete. In spite of all these things, there must be a deep underlying wisdom that guides the island in times of stress. The resistance in Crete, under an occupation of great savagery, was one of the best organized in Europe. It was resolutely maintained and unanimously backed, and, in spite of the island's name for discord and insurrection, it was one of the few parts of occupied Europe which was not, after the liberation, mangled by civil strife. Political differences were sunk, the movement was launched beyond recall from the moment the Cretans took up arms at the invasion. It absorbed all the best in Crete, all that was good, brave, wise, tough— enterprising, spirited, dangerous, or amusing was on the same side. Every Odysseus and Pheidippides, all the Hectors, Ajaxes, Nestors, Lancelots, Merlins, Rolands, Herewoods, Robin Hoods, Maid Marians, Friar Tucks, Dick Turpins, Hiawathas, Kims and Mowglies were ours. Patrick Lee Furmore. Rumily. I was 19, and more than a year had passed since the German invasion of Crete in May 1941. Filled with a spirit of adventure, I was eager to assist my older brother George in his resistance movement, which was maintained in Heraklion, Crete's largest city and administrative capital. The group was formed at the behest of Captain Christopher Montague Monty Woodhouse of the Special Operations Executive (SOE), who eventually was succeeded by Captain Thomas Dundarbin. On a bright summer day in July 1942, George informed me that because Captain Dunbarban had to return to Cairo, there would be a transfer of SOE leadership to Patrick Lee Fairmore, known to the Greeks as Mihalis. Since I had very positive exchanges with the last two captains, a change in leadership promised to be uneventful, at least to my mind. In truth, I hadn't heard very much about the new captain, other than that he was an unconventional character, whose pre-war exploits distinguished him as somewhat of a good-natured rogue and a risk-taker. "'I have a meeting with Colonel Bettinakis today, and therefore I cannot welcome the new incoming captain, Patrick Lee Fermore, who is arriving in Crete for the first time,' my brother informed me." "'Go to the bus station in Chania Porte, the western entrance to the city, "'and accompany him to headquarters at John Andrulakis's home. "'But George,' I hesitated, "'how will I know and recognise him when I have never seen him before?' "'Just go to the loudspeaker and call out his name. "'Please, Mr. Michalis or Mr. Lee Furmore come forward,' George quipped, adding. "'Be at the station before the bus arrives.' You can't miss him. He's a tall, handsome man who will appear in a Cretan uniform. He'll be wearing a black mandili, kerchief, covering his brownish-blonde hair, trimmed with tassels all around it, an ornately decorated black vest, traditional olive-coloured baggy trousers, black knee-high boots, and a moustache. How can you not recognise such a Cretan prototype? Then, as he turned to leave, George smiled and added, Good luck. I'll need it, I thought to myself, unconvinced that I wouldn't lose Michalis in a huge crowd of similarly attired Cretans. For all of my uncertainty, however, I was intrigued and excited to meet the man who just maybe was a kindred spirit. Instinctively, I sensed that I would want to emulate him. As I embarked on my trip to the station, a sense of inner harmony enveloped me, coupled with more than a small measure of anticipation— to compound the mystique of my first meeting with the new SOE leader, I had to go through a few hurdles in order to enter Heraklion. Since the sixteenth century, the city had been barricaded by high stone Venetian walls, which protected its inhabitants from invasion by the Ottoman army. Having travelled from John Andrulakis' home in Karnia, Crete's second-largest city, to Heraklion, I had to enter through the so-called Kania Door, which provided access to the city's western section. Going through the door wasn't the only requisite for entering the city. I also had to provide identification at the inspection post, a commonplace practice since the German occupation. When I finally arrived at the bus station, I looked at my watch and saw that I was twenty minutes early. Eager to identify the newcomer, my eyes darted every which way until I spotted him emerging from the bus. The term emerging is apt, because Patrick Lee Firmore didn't just arrive or enter a place, he quite literally emerged into it, changing the air.